0: Well, I want to welcome you to the Hills Church at home, like I do each and every week. Best thing to do is go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. Download today's message notes. Also, uh, we have a kids activity sheet you can download as well. Um, But remember this, in fact, we've been in the last couple weeks looking in the book of Daniel. Daniel's only 12 chapters. So what a great opportunity to sit down and to read at length all 12 chapters to get a great picture uh, of Daniel. In fact, one of the ways that we could describe Daniel, if we remember that uh, he and several, in fact, we don't know how many, but uh, some of the young people from Jerusalem were taken into Babylon. And though they were taken into the midst of an ungodly culture, they didn't let the culture change them. They stayed true and firm to honoring the Lord. They didn't allow the culture to change them. In fact, we started the last couple of weeks in Romans chapter 12. This I'm going to read out of the message translation, and this is at the end of chapter 12, verse 3, and it says this. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God, and you'll be changed from the inside out. Don't become adjusted to the culture. In fact, one of the things that we read um, about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, their names were changed. They did not adapt to the culture. Now, when we think of the book of Daniel, there's probably one or two thoughts that come into our mind. We think of the fiery furnace, with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then the one that's usually our default is we think of Daniel in the lion's den. You know, what's interesting though, the start of the book of Daniel is where Daniel and even um, the young Hebrew guys would not eat the delicacies of the king. In fact, they decided to do this special fast. Well, as most times happen uh, this has become kind of normal. There's books written about it. It's called the Daniel Fast. So anyways, it's not commanded of us to do that or even suggested. But again, we, we see in the, the Daniel Fast, we read in the book of Daniel, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the midst of the fiery furnace. We read in Daniel chapter six. That's where we read about Daniel and the lion's den. But nine and 10 really have to do about prayer. And even before Daniel gets in the lion's den, it's about prayer. But Daniel gets a revelation of what we look into as the 70 weeks that we read about in the book of Revelation. Jesus will refer to it, the tribulation time. So in these 12 chapters of this book of Daniel, it's just not about the lions. There's so much more. But today my title is The Unseen Battle. The Unseen seen battle. And Daniel's going to experience this firsthand, a battle that's taking place as he's been praying. In fact, there's a little insight for all of us about what's going into this. You know, think about this. uh, um, Most likely, whether you're watching this or listening to it, it's probably daytime. And if you were to walk outside and you were to look up in the sky, uh, there would be stars everywhere that you don't see. Except when the sun goes down or it gets the darkest part of the evening, if you were to set and you were to look, you would begin to see stars. If you were to go up into the higher parts of the mountains, you would even see more stars. And we also know in certain states and other places where there's less cloud cover and and smog, you would even see more. They're they're out, out there, they're visible, but during the day, you don't see it. Well, Daniel's going to... Um, hear firsthand of a battle that's taking place in the spirit realm amongst the angels and the demons. In fact, it's going to be referred to, really, that there's that battle going on. So it's important for us to remember as we read this that the conflicts that are taking place even now on the earth are first spiritual, then they're physical. I want you to hear that. They're first spiritual, and then there's physical. Think about even right now, think about all of the organized militaries of the world and places in the world where territorially territorially there are um, upset regions. Get that image of what's taking place, the battles that are taking place in the spirit. Territorial places that we look at. We wonder, why is there always something taking place in that part of the earth? Let's always remember, as we're going to see today in Daniel, that there are territorial things taking place, yet the question is going to be asked of you and me, but are we setting our faces to pray and to seek the Lord? So I want to start this in Daniel chapter 9, and I want to read verses twenty through 23 and yet on the screen or I'll read it again I want to read verse 20 this is in Daniel chapter 9 verses 20 to 23 this is before Daniel gets that 70 week prophecy and listen to listen to Daniel's words now while I was speaking praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel And presenting my supplication before the Lord, my God, for the holy mountain of God. Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, a man, Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. He informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel... I have now come forth to give you skill and understanding. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. Now, verse 20 that I wanted to put up there on, while I was speaking, praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord, my God, for this holy mountain of God. Daniel does something very interesting here. Daniel has set himself to pray, to pray an extensive period of time. During that prayer, obviously, he's exposed and he's now deciding hey, there, there's sin in my life that I need to confess to you. And There is sin on behalf of the people Israel that I'm going to pray for. Well, we read about that through Solomon in the Chronicles that um, as we begin to seek his face, we need to begin to repent of our ways and he'll heal our land. You know, it's interesting when we read verse 20 out of the message translation in exactly what Daniel said. It says this, while I was pouring out my heart, barring my sins, and the sins of my people Israel, praying my life out before God, interceding for the holy mountain of God, while I was absorbed in this praying. Here we read again, he's pouring out his heart. He's reflecting on his life. He's reflecting and confessing on the sins of his people. He's interceding to God. He's being absorbed in his praying. Let me ask you, when was the last time that you were absorbed in your prayers? When was the last time that you spent a period of time that you didn't decide how long to just pray? You know, it's during those times of prayer that we get self-reflected and we remember Wherever we erred in sin, that we confess it before our God. It's also those times that we think about whether it's our nation or our our cities that we call out before God. You know, Jesus said something very interesting. and In fact, um, this is going to be part of what we see in Daniel. Daniel is praying on behalf of God's kingdom. Jesus reminds us what we call the Lord's Prayer in Luke chapter 11. Jesus says to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. Daniel doesn't just focus on what he needs solved in prayer. He's focused on what's taking place amongst the people he's allowing his heart to absorb in this time of prayer. In fact, Jesus goes on and says this about insight into our prayers. He says, but when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Well, if you read more of chapter six, the problem was It's the religious leaders, and he calls them the hypocrites. They want to tell everybody that they're praying. In fact, they're going to pray on the street corner. They're going to pray loud. They're going to tell you that they're fasting. They're going to tell you everything they're prayed for. They're going to come up with things of, hey, I was praying for you. Jesus says, no, no, no. When you pray, go into a room. Go into the room, go into a closet. Go into the closet, shut the door because it's between you and your father. You want to be rewarded? Keep it secret, and I'll reward you. You don't need to tell everybody. That's religion when you tell. And when you do that, you already receive the reward of getting nothing. So we read that about Daniel. In fact, I want you to grab that today, that he focuses in his heart to pray, to confess his sins, to confess the sins of his people and on the land, and to absorb himself in prayer. Now, in the midst of this praying time, what begins to happen is, in fact, we get introduced or we hear about two angels. In fact, the Bible describes uh, angelic beings in, in the Word of God. In fact, we are only mention a few names. The ones that we see the most are one that we already read about in Gabriel. Gabriel the angel is a messenger angel. Uh, Most would be familiar when Mary is contacted by an angel. It's the angel Gabriel. The message is that she's going to conceive child from the Lord. In a dream, when Joseph has a dream, that dream is from Gabriel. So Gabriel is that messenger angel. That also happened to Zacharias as well too. Michael The archangel is the warrior angel. And that angel is going to appear when there's a battle. In fact, we read in Jude, in fact, Jude writes about that when Moses died, there was a contention for his bones, and the ones that battled it out and had words were Michael the archangel and Satan himself. So we understand that when there's a battle, Michael's involved. When there's a message to be sent, we see that Gabriel has been used. So now remember, Daniel is on this focused time of prayer. We kind of float now into chapter 10. And here's what I want you to remember. God hears Daniel's prayers. God hears your prayers. In fact, Daniel's going to be told that the moment that he prays, God hears him. Well, we can go through our Bibles and we can read today that Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, who's sitting at the right hand of the Father, is praying, interceding for you and for me. But are we giving him things to pray for? So we read this in Daniel, is Daniel's gonna get tapped on the shoulder and Daniel's been praying. And we read this in Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. The angel says to him, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day, that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before the Lord. Your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief priests, came to help me. For I have been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now, we read this description, and naturally, when we think of princes or things, we're thinking of some ruler at that time. In fact, we know that it's actually the opposite. We know that what it's talking about is some territorial demonic spirit. We know that there's a battle that's taking place. We know that Michael has got involved, and we know that from when Daniel started to pray that there was a 21-day battle before the message was delivered. Now, that kind of takes us, could take us in a whole different direction. But here's what we need to know. Daniel set his face to pray, and he didn't give up after 21 days. He understood that there was a battle. There was an unseen battle taking place. You know, I think we have a tendency where um, we want to pray, say the words, amen, which means so be it, and go on our way and expect that it's done. And it is done, but yet we need to remember there's a battle that's taking place. There is a battle in the heavenlies, and Daniel's been told the battle was so severe as he was trying to get this message to him, it took 21 days, and finally Michael the archangel had to get involved. That's a whole different picture for us today, isn't it? In fact, we read this in the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul will mention this to us in Ephesians chapter 10, or chapter 6, verse 10 through 13. He says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Our war is not battling out in the flesh. Our war is these unseen battles that take place. In fact, the Apostle Paul mentions it right there at the end to us. He says, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. You absolutely sometimes think it's your boss at work, but it's not. There's an unseen battle. You might think it's a family member. You might think it's a situation that's taking place, but we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but here's what we wrestle against, principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts in wickedly places. No, so the unseen battle is not a battle where I can pick up my fists or get a stick and fight. It's a battle that's fought and won in prayer. Daniel set his heart to pray. Daniel spent that time in prayer. In fact, we back up and we know that before the lion said he was told not to pray and he prayed anyways with the doors open. That was what he was going to do. That was part of who he was. And yet we get that description of a battle that had been taking place and that it was just trying to be stopped. You know, for many of us, we're right on the crust of the breakthrough. For many of you that have um, experienced breakthrough in your life, you can go back and maybe you would have said, man, I wish it would have taken been 21 days. It's taken 21 years. But in the midst of the battle, fight. Fight the good fight of faith. Don't give up. Know that now in our days what Daniel did not have, Daniel did not have the ability to have Jesus as Lord on the inside of him. Daniel did not have the Holy Spirit on the inside, that power working within him. So you're on the cusp of a breakthrough. But you know what you haven't done? You haven't absorbed your heart in prayer. You're that close. You're that close. Take time. Go through Daniel. In fact, look at him as a man of prayer. Go back and learn from Jesus. That The one thing that we're called to do is we're called to advance his kingdom. The other thing that we're called to do is we're called to be a people of prayer. We don't need to tell everybody we're praying. We don't tell anybody we're fasting. We don't tell anybody how long that we read our Bibles. What we do is we advance God's kingdom. We move the kingdom forward with our prayers. Daniel gets that example. Daniel gets that vision and insight. And he understood something that day in Daniel 10. There's an unseen battle that that battle is only won when we pray. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. You know, we read something very interesting in the in the book of Corinthians, and it said, had the rulers of that day known, they would not have crucified the king of glory. Many people refer to that rulers as uh, the religious rulers of the day, and it doesn't refer to that. It's the demonic rule of that day. Had they known what was going to take place when Jesus was crucified and rose and resurrected from the dead, they would have left him alone. In fact, they would have said, Just leave Jesus alone, let him die of natural causes. Yet he rose from the dead and gave power to those that accept him, those that are filled with the Spirit. Those of you that pray, pray in power, pray God's word over your situation. You're right on the edge of a breakthrough. In fact, if you're listening to this today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, it is the most important prayer that you'll ever pray. In fact, would you pray these words with me? In fact, even if you're coming back to the Lord, pray these words along with me. Dear God, I believe that Jesus lived, died and rose again for me I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins. And today I'm in your family. In Jesus' name, amen. If You prayed that prayer today. It's the most important prayer you'll ever pray. It's the beginning of you praying and having an open communication relationship with your heavenly Father. But tell somebody, Reach out to us, either on the social media platform that you're viewing or listening, or there's probably somebody that's been telling you about Jesus. Boy, when we in here today, get on the phone, text them, get a hold of somebody and let them know the decision that you made, the most important prayer that you'll ever make. Well, as we receive our tithes and offerings today, let me read these two verses out of Psalm 115, it's verse 11 and 13 with this thought. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both great and small. Notice what it says. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both great and small. Had this thought this week, I couldn't get off my mind. Job. In fact, you can read Job. It's very interesting that uh, the book of Job is kind of almost in the middle of the Bible. But most scholars believe, and I happen to believe, that Job lived somewhere between Genesis chapter 11 and 12 before Abram, before Abraham, before the covenant. I say that because that's the one word that's important. When you see Job, a lot of people use Job as even an analogy today for suffering. But I've always looked at it as Job had no covenant with God, but God was still honoring Job because he feared God. Job lost everything, lost everything. Okay. But here's what Job said. But Job feared the Lord and trusted in in his father, feared the God and his commandment. Job, remember, lost everything, but feared God. Solomon, here's the other example. Solomon had everything, everything. Do you know the Bible says that they had so much silver that they used to take it to the dump, right? They dumped silver. The queen of Sheba, when the queen of Sheba visited Solomon, she visited Solomon. She had heard the reports of people that had seen his palace in the kingdom. And she said, she said, I had heard, but it was nothing what I heard to compare to what I saw. In fact, it's even described kind of one of the uh, unusual analogies is he evidently had apes that were around in his palace. trained. right? Think about that. Like trained We see certain things like that in certain countries that have princes and whatever, that they have these exotic-type animals. Solomon had everything. Solomon's downfall was, though he had peace in the kingdom, he would marry all of these foreign uh, kings. He'd marry the daughters, and they turned his heart. Yet we read in Ecclesiastes, after owning everything, we could probably call him the richest man in the world with the most wisdom, He would say these words: "Fear the Lord, and follow His commandments." The guy who had nothing lost everything. Fear the Lord. The guy that had everything, fear the Lord and His commandments. So I encourage you today: is part of giving is there's always that hesitation in giving. But I encourage you today: fear the Lord in your giving. Pray this with me. As I give in today's offering, I commit myself to walk in the fear of the Lord with humility and sincerity and to respect, honor, and to obey the Lord God Almighty. I repent of any independent attitude or pride and I ask for God to keep me, to bless me in every way. And I give today with total confidence in my God, in Jesus name. Amen. If you're giving today, you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can uh, go to the right-hand section, top of the screen, click the Give button. It's safe, it's fast, it's secure, or you can write to us. You can give by mail. The Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419, Arcadia, California 91066 also encourage you, if you need prayer, email us anytime. We have people that are praying and will pray for you. Also, man, if God just did something in your life that you want to give him an awesome shout out of praise and glory, email us as well. Prayer at, in, at hillschurcharcadia.org, prayer at hillschurcharcadia.org. And then lastly, This coming Saturday, May 28th, we have a free food ministry that takes place on our campus in Arcadia between uh, 10 and 12 p.m. Free food, fresh vegetables, things that I probably uh, can't mention um, that are on there that are limited supply. But you know what? Get the word out. If you need food in these times, let me tell you, come on out. If you have a neighbor that needs something, come on out. That'll be this coming Saturday, May 28th at 10 o'clock. Remember Psalm 121, 1 and 2. I look up to the hills, but where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. David knew it that if he just prayed, God would hear him. Jesus knew it that when he prayed, the Father would hear him. And Jesus communicated over and over to us that the Father hears us when we pray. In fact, we remember that Jesus even said that his sheep hear his voice and the voice of the stranger they will not hear. I pray you hear the voice of the good shepherd. I pray that during the scriptures that we've read today that you've been hearing God's voice. I pray that when you go back and read the book of Daniel, and choose that as an area of study, that you begin to deepen your life in prayer, and that you hear the voice of the Lord in your heart. We are praying for you. In Jesus' name, amen.